Three, two, one. Welcome to the Dave the Dog Trainer Podcast, episode 133. Today we're being joined once again by the Dog Daddy. Let's get him on. Make sure you record, too. Yep, good call. See, that's Recording better. in progress. That's what I keep you around for. <laughs> <clears throat> I would forget that every single time. Yeah. Just about every single time. <laughs> oh, I hear something. Good sir. Hello. How are you? Hold on one second. Sure. Sure. All right. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. wait. We, oh. Got a, we got an echo on my end here. I don't know if you have it like playing somewhere. Oh, wait. Maybe it's gone. Yeah, I don't hear it anymore. It might have got fixed. Let me know if you need me to lower the phone or... No, this should be this should be good. I think we I think we should be all right here. So beautiful. Well, um, appreciate you hopping on, man. It's been a wild uh, wild couple weeks for you. <laughs> yeah, it has been. <laughs> yeah. Um, hang on one second here. Do you happen to have um, Do you happen to have like headphones or something with a microphone you could put on? It's just the audio quality is really echoey right now where you're at. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. I don't have anything with me. Okay, no problem. We could we could probably make it work still. It's it's hearable enough here. So, um, all right, great. Well, listen, man. Um, like I said, I I, I want to kind of get right into stuff here. I mean, you really had a, a wild couple of weeks with all of the uh, the kind of controversy that's been going around all over the place, and our boy Zach obviously making <laughs> making like his his like life duty to to go after you so i just wanted to get on with you just kind of see what's going on see how you're handling everything uh talk to you a little bit about all of that so what's what's been going on on your end man i mean you know definitely the internet can be a crazy place um and then there's also a lot of things happening like in real life as well uh which is you know i'm i i could I think we talked about it the last time, something that I have gotten used to and learned how to deal with, you know, so to a certain extent, it's a lot better than if it was something brand new that was just happening now. Uh, I kind of almost like uh, expected that these things could happen at any moment based on just what happens on the internet. Just, um, um, you know, just dealing with a lot of people, people can be crazy. And so I'm just adapting basically to whatever is thrown at me, which, you know, that's definitely been a lot. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Wild. I think the biggest difference, you know, the biggest thing that got me, you know, to a place where I was like, you know, I want to kind of cover this again and start talking about it and stuff like that was this is the first time that it seemed like it's gone from just like internet squabbles to like beginning to be like a real life thing, you know, like, uh, the, the whole like going after the venues and like, you know, organizing protests at all the cities you're at and like things like that. Like that feels, that feels new. Yeah. You know, I think it's been a very long time of people trying to do things through the via internet, um, just creating all types of different articles and manipulation. And, you know, I have built a very strong support team around me, like my customers and my followers it's nothing new to them. So like, I don't have to hide anything. There's a lot of controversy that has been posted. I mean, literally the worst things possible have been said about me and millions of people have seen it. Yeah. Um, of things that are not true, you know, but very like horrendous things that like the people that left, they left the people that did that homework and they understand 
what I do, they know the truth. They are there. So nothing can really surprise them, uh, which means when people come up with anything new online and, you know, they try to create a, a false narrative about me, um, of course, there's always, you know, both two sides, but I have a lot of support. And I feel like now, because they realize that that's not working for them, they started to try different ways to try to affect me. And even then, um, it, it's not working. You know, I mean, my all my customers have to step over all the processes and people yeah. telling them now, and 100% of them came in and 100% of them were satisfied with the training, uh, even having to deal with all of that. So like, it, was, it wasn't even shocking to them. It was just like, okay, you know, it's something to be expected because there's so many people always like just trying to, you know, bring me down basically. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. It's, it's, it's wild. You know, I think, uh, it's, it's just crazy. I think I was, when we, when we did like the last video where we talked about it and we were watching Zach's video that he made on YouTube, I think at the time I went in on his page and like 25 of the last like 28 videos he posted were were all about you you know and why do you think like why do you think he has jumped into this like so strongly right now um you know i think like in the like especially in the last couple of months i have really been growing much faster online um you know my youtube is just hitting like three million subscribers um, I was definitely getting more views. I had a video, a video in particular that I posted that got 10 million views like really fast. Um, and that, that's when he started like coming for me more. I think there's just a lot of, uh, I don't know, I think a lot of attention, you know, towards me. And and he started like really actually coming to my page and commenting and like just trying everything possible. Um, and I started, I did make a couple of videos back, like responding back and it seems to have like traded him a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I think, uh, I, I, it's one of the things that we had said in the video we made last time we were talking about it is like, you were really like almost staying out of it, you know, like you were kind of just letting that wave pass you, you know, um, and, yeah. and not let it impact you a whole lot. And I, I really had like quite a bit of admiration for that. Cause it's, I mean, the, the shit storm that's been getting thrown at you is, is crazy. And, and listen, like, I don't, you know, obviously we did one podcast episode with each other, obviously before, but past that, like, we don't know each other that much. I don't know much about your personal life or any of those types of things, but, um, I couldn't imagine myself being at the, the helm of, you know, having millions and millions of people basically weaponized against me every single day. Um, how has that how has that impacted you personally? Like I know you were supposed to go to the UK recently, uh, just the other day, and I think that wound up getting canceled. Uh, and I think Zach was posting about um, you know something along the lines of like you know oh yeah we got you know word of the email that was sent out and that you know Dog Daddy was looking to like take care of his mental health and stuff like that. Like how has this been impacting you? Well, so you know the, obviously obviously there's a lot going on. Um, sure. I going to a whole other country. And anything can happen, you know, like I was never told I can't go and do it. I made sure. a decision to cancel the class, to reschedule the class. Um, it, it's nothing that they did at all. It was literally fully my decision. I could have gone, I would have done the class and I, it's a seminar, you know, everything was fine for me to go and do it. I, again, putting myself to go to a whole other country yeah. to do one weekend and all this happening there, it just wasn't worth for me to deal with, you know, being that it's, it is a, a whole other country. It's not like I can just fly back home the next day, you know, it's just more to deal with. It's, it's different. Um, so I made a decision to reschedule the class. It has nothing to do 
obviously it does because it's so much going on, but it's not like that, you know, he canceled my class, um, yeah, yeah. like that he'll be able to, to do that because of protesters or getting other people involved in all the articles that they, you know, they have written. None of those things would be enough to basically stop me from doing my classes because my customers will all still blind up to go. What he does is basically he's actually buying tickets to my classes. He's giving me a hundred dollars for every class that I do <laughs> just to gather address. It's actually really funny because we, we found out that for Canada, his wife bought a ticket yeah. and she put her name on there. But when we go through the email, her email says her name. So they're not even smart enough to try to like use a different email. Yeah, they yeah, put yeah. a fake name, but they when we send them an email, they reply back. It comes literally with her full name. It's like, <laughs> so they're basically, you know, going as far as buying a hundred dollar tickets to be a spectator in my class to basically get the address where my classes are going to be. Yeah. Um, so it's very like my customers are not even willing to get a refund to get to give out the address. It's mostly them buying like themselves buying tickets to get the location. Now, again, I'm adapted to how to handle this. You know, this just started within the last couple of weeks. So sure. now we make the venues aware of it. Uh, the venues that we work with, they're, they're on our side. They have seen the work. They stage there. They watch everything. They got their videos. Uh, and any upcoming events, they are made aware of beforehand. Yeah. You know, and uh, and they will handle it uh, accordingly. Um, but they are not, stand, you know, they're not basically backing down for the... Um, the bullying that they're throwing at just like venues, basically, they have nothing to do with what I do. They they're public venues that people rent to hold events at. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I I guess I thought about that, but I didn't really think that much about that of the idea of like, yeah, realistically, like how would you be able to? And and obviously, you know, you don't have to. I'm sure you have ways to do this, right? <laughs> but but how do you make sure that you don't get like moles basically coming into your class all the time because like anybody like Zach could pay anybody off hypothetically to try to buy a ticket as a working spot or an audit spot and go to it and like realistically like how would anybody know otherwise you know well and, they, and, I'm, and I'm sure they do um like I said my classes are open I mean yeah. $100 can come inspect and observe the entire class and people come in everybody's allowed to make that video so out of the thousands of people that I have trained there's been like literally one, maybe two people that have come out and said something negative about it, thousands, but they don't have any NDA, nothing like they can film, they, they record their entire sessions. So yeah. literally this is like thousands of people, hundreds of classes, you know, since last year that you cannot watch my videos and I always see people holding the phone and filming everything that's going on in the class. But as everything's so well explained and for three hours, that they would have to be haters to go there and come out and say something. And it would be one person against everybody else that was there. You know, so they fully are out of place. And that's why I allow that because I'm very transparent with what I do. Even as far as if they wanted to come out there and hold a sign in my class, <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, sure. I, I really don't. Yeah. I mean, why would I have a problem with it? They have their opinion. As long as they're, they're not just watching the class, I do have bodyguards. I have literally like for some of these classes, there's three bodyguards to just make sure that if someone is there to create a problem, sure. they'll be kicked out of the venue. That makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. But again, as long as they're not physically interrupting with what I'm doing, because people are paying me to learn and they are invested into this, they travel, they need the help. Um, I don't have a problem with them being there. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and again, like something else that I think is a, bi a big argument from like the, you know, uh, uh, balance community of the force or the force free community of the balance community and the balance community of the force free community is that willingness to like, come on, like, you know, come on in, see what we're doing, right? Like we're not hiding anything. And then in your case, you know, you're literally posting, you know, it's interesting, like the video we watched again, every one of those clips were 
clips that you took, you know what I mean? And you posted online, just, just obviously taken out of context with it. So, um, exactly. and, yeah. and uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very transparent. I explain everything that I do. There's a reason behind it. Sometimes there's things that I, the owners understand that like I'm pushing the dog more, but there is a reason behind it. They yeah. choose to let that happen because I've explained to them and because they have tried everything else that didn't work. Now, a lot of it is kind of like my, my fault for posting videos that are short and they're not, you know, I don't really post like the entire class explaining everything that I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and so in person is a definitely a totally different, different feel than online. Uh, everything that people say that I don't know how to do or that I don't do, it's not true. It, yeah. it, it, they just haven't been to my classes. No one that has spent the entire, the entire three hours with me have questioned my methods. Like they, they have questions and I answer them and no one leaves there with being like, you know, I nothing that he did here made sense. Like, I don't understand why you do this. There's no need to do this. I mean, everybody, 100%. And these are veterinarians. There's many, many dog trainers that come there. Um, you know, uh, experienced dog owners, dog shelters. I have all kinds of people. It's not really, like, um, limited to just, like, uneducated dog owners, as people like to say, yeah. you know. Sure. It's literally, even the dog owners that do come, the majority of them have tried many other training options. Uh, and one thing that I do agree that I could do better, but I have a reason why I, I do things the way that I do, is that I do sometimes have to push the dog a little more in a class because I know if I, I only have this one time with those dogs, right? And why would I do that? Why would I choose to do that? I feel like thousands of dogs that yeah. I've given up on and they get euthanized or people just cannot handle them and they just, at the bare minimum, they have to give them to the shelter yes. because if this dog doesn't get under control, they're going to get rid of the dog. And there's such a huge number of dogs. And it sounds kind of weird saying this because I'm only one person, right? I physically, I can't go and save every single dog, yeah. but I try to do the most that I can. So with the high demand and people understanding that I can provide them the help, if I can only be with them for that one session and I have to go to the next city to continue to do what I do to basically, that's why I allow, you know, spectators so that more people can come and watch and learn and they can go home and practice it. But if I just go there and I do a slow approach, I know they're going to go home and have the same exact problem. Yeah. So if the dog would take three sessions just to get comfortable enough for me to handle them, and I know that I have an effective method that's going to get the dog to follow directions right there from the first session, but maybe it's going to be more stressful for them, I do push the dog to that more stressful approach, given that I know it's like a solution for the problem that the owner is having, having that otherwise I wouldn't be able to give them that solution. Yeah, and but and it's all the problem, you know, completely. But I, sure. I, that's the only way that I'm able to demonstrate more of the training, hands on, and be able to work with the owner, yeah. close up to them. Because a lot of these owners, they need so much training, yeah. so much help that there's no way that it can do that by shouting at them from across the room <laughs> what to do with a reactive dog. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I understand for sure. Were you gonna say something? No, no, no. Just... Yeah, no. I, so you you kind of brought up a couple of individual points that are actually on my list that I wanted to talk about. So. Let's start with one of the first things you said, which is, you know, obviously you post a lot of short form content, right? And just looking at like your TikTok and your Instagram and all of that, like your most viewed videos are those short clips, right? That are very, I don't want to say dramatized, but like they're they're the intense, ugly parts of of the training or the getting the dog under control, right? Um, and it's it's an interesting conversation because I think most people's critiques of you and. I would say even from the balance community, like some of the people on the balance community that say, hey, you know, like we have reservations about what he's doing. And I would say these were even my opinions for a while um, is is 
I understand, like every one of us who works with aggressive dogs has, has done that, right? Like every one of us has had to take that leash and had that dog coming after our face and you got to be firm on them. You got to get them under control. You got to, you know, just deescalate the situation. Right. Um, and, and the thing is like, you're just doing it on a much larger scale because you're traveling the country and every single day you're seeing, you know, 10 of those dogs as opposed to, you know, we're getting, you know, one of those a month in or two of those a month in or whatever it may be. Right. Um, and you know, the other side of things is like, you know, like you were saying, like there, there's, there's another, you know, two hours and 50 minutes of the training session, every seminar with these dogs, why highlight that point? I guess is my well, question. Well, so it's a good question. So for me, I'm not, believe it or not, I'm not really a social media person, True. right? So I'm actually someone who like, I, I create most of my own videos and it's just most viral videos, believe it or not, I work six, seven hours training the dogs and I'm driving back to my hotel and I'm editing that video and 30 minutes later, the video is posted. Yep. That's all it takes for me to do that. Now, I don't have the patience to really edit long format videos. It's hard for me to really like just create that type of content um one for one for two you know obviously i became known for like working with aggressive dogs i have been working with aggressive dogs like primarily my entire career sure. and because of videos that i have posted and people were are drawn to that two things one uh obviously i am able, able to reach the audience that needs that type of help like yeah. just, just people that come to me it's they're primarily signing up because they have just types of dogs. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, I get all types of dogs in the classes, even like little puppies that just come because the owners want to start them right. But primarily my clients are, this dog cannot leave the house. I already tried everything. We have, you know, sent them for boarding training. My trainers, my vet tell them to meet you, organize my dog. And why a lot of trainers don't even understand that is because they don't highlight what I highlight the most. So I did it to myself. But now my reputation is for those types of dogs. So the, the owners that reach out to me are mostly those owners. So I get to see all these crazy dogs that, you know, they have, they have been enabled for so long. People, different trainers try different things, just enabling them even more. Or the owners are just completely lost on what to do. And obviously, you know, if I'm posting something, I think anyone would do the same. I mean, like you said, a lot of us, we work with dogs like that, but we don't necessarily highlight that because it, there hasn't been the need for it. But if you did one video, that got you like 50 million views and, sure. uh, and like a million followers overnight, I'm sure you would be like, well, I'm going to post more of this type of video, yes. you know? I mean, it's still a business. It's still like I am on social media. Like I said, I'm not a social media person in the sense of, like this is all from the last year and a half. Yeah. Like I have been online. I have posted videos here and there, but I have only really been consistent and became the dog daddy, like that people really know in the last year and a half. Yeah. Like at the beginning, at the beginning of last year, I had 60,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. You know, so now for 3 million. So there's a lot of like growth through understanding what gets people's attention. Yeah. And, you know, I don't do it for like for the views alone per se. Like, I, like you said, when you get those types of dogs, you have to handle them a certain way. Yes. And I specifically get those types of dogs because of. Like, you know, even at one point, like I opened my door, so I just take dogs in like that people couldn't handle and just like would surrender. No one else, no, no one else would take them. If they would go to the shelter, they'll put them down. When I opened my doors to take those types of dogs, it was the same thing. People started like shipping them across the country to my property because I would take them and they want them to have this happy life, you know, living on, on this farm that I had. And, and, and now it's the same thing with just classes. It's, it's just like people, 
they they literally dragged his dogs out of the house that they had given up on sometimes for four or five more years. They just thought the dog could never be helped. And then they see my videos and they sign up for my classes. And so because of that, I get the most extreme cases that you'd ever imagine. It's yeah. just, just dogs that don't know how to walk on the leash. They haven't left the house in three, in three years. And then they, the owners just decide to try this one last time. And so I'm walking through many issues that the dog has, not just the aggression. That's the fear, the aggression, the lack of obedience, the lack of understanding how to cope with even the basic stuff that most dogs know how to do. A lot of the dogs that I work with, they don't know how to do that. Yeah. And so my class is not really designed to like, okay, now this dog is rehabilitated. Sure. It's designed to give the owner all the information that they need. Yeah. So for three hours, they allow to film everything, record everything, watch everything, ask questions. So they understand every, I, I deal with the, a lot of the general stuff and then as well as specific stuff for each dog that I work with. Yes. Yeah. That makes uh that makes a lot of sense. It, it's, it's tough. Cause like you were saying, like, yeah, like if, sudden like because your rapid growth has just been absurd i mean it's like the the amount of followers you've been able to amass for yourself in such a short period of time is like i i don't know as somebody that has peanuts in in comparison as far as followers i couldn't even fathom the idea of a year from now having multiple multiple millions of people following me and looking to the guidance and stuff so so like you were saying like you know, when you see something works and gets those followers, it is very hard to avoid it. And it's it's tough because like sitting in this position, right, as somebody who's trying to look at the entire situation critically, right, and and be as, as non-biased as I can about it, it's like, okay, well, you know, by highlighting that side of the training process, the getting the dog under control, I understand the perspective of um, you know, obviously that's what's drawing clients to you, right? They're seeing that and they're able to relate to that because they've seen their do- their own dog act like that a million times over. So they can put the context into their head of what they're seeing, right? But as, you know, a trainer, right? Or, or as somebody that works with these types of dogs or whatever it may be, it's like, it, it, it is hard not to ask the question though of like, are we shooting ourselves in the foot by sensationalizing that side of things and giving more ammunition to the other side to use it then out of context. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, like you said, too, it's something that is, you know, very new. It's not something that I've been doing for a long time. Like yeah. right now, uh, as far as just types of videos, you know, it's, it's mostly within the last year, really, for the, for specifically the more aggressive dogs. Yeah. Um, but... Also, you know, I, I have, like, like I said, all kinds of different people. And I have, I have trained, I also do, you know, a five-day trainer's course. And out of all these courses that I offer and the different people that come, my, my, I always have my website right there. Like, people are welcome to come. It's $100, but I feel like if you really are curious, if you, especially if you're a dog trainer, I'm in a different, different city every weekend. It's, I think, totally worth it to just come and see for yourself. Yeah. And none of the people that have come that has been through the whole three hours sure. to ask that questions are questioning what I do. Yeah. Like, zero of them. Like, the one that spent the whole three hours with me and watched everything, they I haven't seen one person be like, this was wrong, that was yes. wrong. Yes. There may be some points where I would agree with them. Like, you know, we could go be a little bit slow of an approach with the dogs. Sure. Um, which... Again, I have I set up just classes. Limited. It's time. something new that I have been doing as well. So I can always evolve from that. But the people that were there, just so you know, there's trainers that have done the courses with Cesar Milan yeah. and Ivan. And they tell me that one day with me, they learned more than the entire course with just other people. Yeah. So that's their words. I have the feedback. I have the honest feedbacks from my customers, my clients. And that's really what I base what yeah. I'm doing. Um, and I completely understand that I leave room for people to like 
be confused about what's going on. Yeah, right? misrepresenting. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's my fault. And I'm working on getting better at that on how on social sure. media, because again, it's something that I have to learn to do because I have to now switch from you know my current pattern to then finding a way. I can't just make this video and get 10,000 views, 100,000 views when 100 million people watch my short videos. And it's yeah. kind of like, I feel like I'm putting all this work and energy into something that such like a 1% of people are going to see and they still, the rest of the people are still going to be, you know, running around saying that what I do is all wrong because they yeah. don't see the videos. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and one thing I've said, you know, in regards to you in the past, in regards to other people is, is, you know, it's, I, I think the training kind of speaks for itself. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think that, you know, you're clearly getting results with your clients. Your clients are clearly happy. Like I was before we got on this podcast, just doing like Google searches and stuff like that, trying to again, get all the information. And I was like intentionally looking for like bad customer reviews. And there's really not that many out there. You know what I mean? Um, so, so yeah, I, I think I, I don't have any sort of questions as far as the training, you know, I don't think, I don't look at it and think like, oh, this is, this is horrible training or you should do all these things different. And, and again, that's not for me to say anyways, I think it's just the representation of it online is what throws a lot of people off. And that's what gives people, uh, sometimes a, sometimes a bad taste as far as it's concerned. And again, I, I would be the first person to want to change my approach. One, if people were, you know, having complaints about the training, sure. uh, if someone was able to come and share show a better way yeah, yeah. like the only the only way that someone would be able to say that there's a better way would be if they are um kind of dismissing the fact that these owners need the help like immediately yes and that's something that it's not my fault it's not the dog's fault but it's already the problem is already there you know so yeah. when they hire me i really try to be that person who basically convince the owners to keep the dogs because I'm able to get the dog under control as quickly as possible. When another trainer may not do that, they may do a, a, a slower pace, but a lot of times, even, even if it should take like a month, and I know it sounds horrible, but it's, if you don't help the dog within, like do like something quick to get some type of results, these owners are like at their wits end and they are, you know, going to get rid of the dog. Yeah. Um, and it's not like a one person here and there. It's such a, a huge demand for this type of help like yeah my dog under control right now or my landlord is gonna take me out or my husband is gonna divorce me it sounds exaggerating but it's not like yeah. so when you have like a serious problem in your hand and you are like literally stressed out every single day you you are sick and you can't go to the hospital because no one can watch your dog yeah. you can't have your friend your, you have kids and they want to have friends over you can't let them have friends over because you're constantly having anxiety that your dog is going to do something yeah that's you know yeah. yeah, that's that's the point that a lot of people are missing in this, you know, is, you know, even, you know, we obviously train in different ways and like we're in a facility, right? We, we, we don't do seminars and stuff like that. But like, you know, we work with a lot of the same types of dogs and the thing people that aren't in the weeds with this stuff, working with these dogs every day, forget to realize sometimes is how inhibiting it could be on an individual's life owning a dog like this. Like they can't do anything. Like we got a call with somebody just yesterday that literally they were saying, we can't go on a vacation right now because if I leave town, my husband needs to stay with the dog. And if he leaves town, I have to stay with the dog. And if we go to work and we have to be gone for X amount of time, like we're shit out. It's just like, it's so awful for some of these people sometimes. And they're struggling so bad that it's like, yeah, like we, like we have to just get this situation under control, you know? 
<laughs> and, and for me, I specifically get those types of dogs. Like, yeah. I, you know, that's like yes. the type of dog that that my the majority of the dogs that come to me, they have scenarios like that. And I, yeah. could, I should have written down a whole list of reasons <laughs> why the dog has to be under control right away. Yeah. Because just people don't, they're not living with those dogs. They don't seem to understand, like you said, how it affects that, you know, that that life uh, on a yeah. daily basis. It could even be something to do with the dog. It could be that the dog has some type of e-infection and they need to be treated but the vet won't treat the dog because yeah. the dog is so aggressive yeah. and i'm able to show them you know how to get the dog at least under control following direction a lot of just owners they cannot just put a mask on them they can't they have to walk this dog down in public they don't have a fence in yard they every time they go out the dog is going crazy you know and yeah. if the dog is reactive towards people and dogs and they can't even walk this dog and they have surgery or something now this dog is like literally like ruining their life you know unless they get yeah. under control yeah. And so there's a, there's a whole list of, of reasons. And one thing that I saw you, I heard you say, uh, I was watching the podcast that you did, um, the first, you know, about what's going on online. Yeah. Um, and you said something about the difference between getting a dog under control and then training them. Yes. And you can't train a dog in a training session. I can give them a lot of information and knowledge and different techniques and show them all the different ways and things. I really teach them how to actually, it's funny too, because a lot of the, all the trainers that come to my classes, out of all the classes, like almost every class that has some trainers, they always say I'm the most soft, balanced trainer that they have ever seen. Sure. So in comparison, because the, the specific dog that we have at hand, it's like if you're going to actually get them under control, I'm using the minimum amount of force. Yeah. You know, a lot of trainers that would be afraid of that dog or not really understand how to handle them, they would use more harsh corrections to get the dog to really comply. And in in in, in reality, I do the minimum. So the, what, yeah. what you see is like the, the first few seconds. So let me use this as an, as an example. Like that dog that, you know, is named Zach, that is featured a lot, that was like... Is that the white one? one? Of the first, the, it's a, like a black, uh, uh, white and brown yes. spotted dog. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So the dog is Zach, they live in California. They brought the dog to me for the first time. Now the dog, even if it wasn't a group training, this dog was like far away from everybody because he redirects... It redirects towards the owner. Yep. So when he has any type of stimulation around him, like whether it's a person or a dog, the dog gets so tense and aggressive that it redirects towards them and they have been getting bitten by the dog. And the dog does not accept a muzzle. And no trainer is willing to work with this dog because they have tried, the food they have tried, they have to work from a distance. And as soon as the dog sees a person or a dog, it redirects towards the owners. And the owners are there holding this dog, trying to get it to relax. So that's why I have to go there and take that dog from the owner. This was after the dog being there for like hours, by the way. He was like the last dog that I worked with. Yeah. Because they were so far away. There were so many dogs that were reactive. And the dog is just sitting there quietly, but from very far away. As soon as he starts to walk towards the class, the dog starts to become aggressive and redirect. So I said, I have to take over the leash. You cannot put a mouse on them. You can't give the owner directions because they're so far away from them that they cannot even hear you. Yeah. So I go ahead and I take the leash. Now, after I worked with the dog a little bit, and he didn't even make that much progress because he needed a muzzle and yeah. they couldn't put a muzzle on him at all, even with all the tips that I gave them. Yeah. So I took that, then go home, I showed them some, some techniques for them to use to, to get the muzzle on the dog. And they started working with him and making progress because now the dog can no longer redirect towards them. They only brought the dog back to me one second time. And by the second time, the dog was like 50% better. Yeah. You know, it still has his issues, but he is comfortable with the muzzle. He, he, he did not put up as nearly as much of a fight when I took the leash and he was relaxed much quicker. He was able to hang out around dogs and people in this in the second class and i'm supposed to see them again for just a third time you know but this was from them being completely hopeless and the owner understands everything that happened in that first training they know that without that they would have made no progress yeah and so that's what makes the total difference like the owner 
when they really highlight the fact that like everything else has been tried, including balance and positive reinforcement, but yep. without someone taking over the leash, and the dog would never just be relaxed with you. Like they would, they would, he would have to go through that fighting and a stressful moment for first, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, that's uh, what I'm trying to get at is that after I do that, there's so much information on how they can work with the dog at home, how to redirect the dog, how to make it less intense for them. But you can't even get to that level if this dog is relentless and super reactive to what they're redirecting towards the owners, even from very far away. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of segues then into one of my next questions. And another thing that I see is a common critique, right? Which is, you know, the seminar environment, right? Is, is feels like like the worst possible environment to be able to like work with you know in a perfect world obviously we would have even a you know an extra day that we can kind of let the dog de-escalate a little bit before we start working with them and then at that point obviously if you need to get them under control and start your training and stuff obviously uh, that would be fine but like a big room with a ton of people and a bunch of dogs right and limited amount of time right you know even three hours you do do long you know that's a long amount of time to spend with somebody obviously but you know it's still it's still in the grand scheme of things, a pretty short period of time. And it's probably a lot of information being thrown at the owner all at once. Um, why is it you, so, so how do you feel the seminar is, or I guess given all of those points, why do you choose to do the seminars exclusively as opposed to formatting in a different way where maybe you spent a week in a city? Because obviously you want to travel around and help as many people as possible, but being able to create something that you could stretch it out a little bit longer and have more time with the owner and dog, do you think that would provide for better long-term results? Yeah, I think so. And you know, it, one, one of the first things that my, all my clients are made aware of when they come to the class is that it's not an, uh, an ideal environment to train. But they also understand that even with just classes, a lot of the cities, they get completely sold out and there's more people battling to come and there's yeah. no more, you know, there's not enough time. I also have to, I also have my, I have a personal life as well. Sure. So I try, I'm really just doing, trying my best to help as many people as possible. Yeah. So that's why we do the seminars and the owners are aware that they're coming there to get all the knowledge and they have to pay a lot of attention. I mean, they get an email that tells them, come with an open mind, come to stay the, the entire Time, pay close attention get videos if you need because yeah. we want them to have all the knowledge so that they can go home and continue to work with the dog and it's again me trying to do the best that i can and it's not sure. claiming that this is like the ideal scenario plus it's not something that i've been doing for years and years and years either you know uh, when i all the times that i did group trainings they would be separated into uh, dogs that are under six months and then over six months and then you know dogs that are aggressive they'll get a private section first uh, and then they, you know, as they that they start to improve, they'll come to a group training. I'm basically only doing these seminars because of the huge demand yeah. and the amount of emails that we get from people that have bit their faces bitten off, huge wounds on their wounds on their arms. Dogs have killed each other at home. Those are the types of emails and messages that I get on a regular basis from all over the world. People are like, please help my dog. They killed each other. Now they're trying to kill the other dog. They they bit my kid, you know, three times, and we want to stop that. And they send me horrific pictures of the attacks that have occurred and the stressful situation that they're currently living in. And so because of that huge demand, yeah. and again, just me being there and trying to be helping everybody, um, I did. I have been doing the seminars for a while, and it's actually something that I am slowing down. It was already part of the plans, and I'm only going to be doing one seminar, you know, per city, and then allowing more spectators. So starting in November, my last one now with a lot of 
people would be uh, in multiple classes would be um, in Austin next month. But then after that, everything is going to be one single class. There's going to be all the trainers helping. So it's going to be definitely a lot more better structured uh, with a microphone. The whole goal is for people to come and pay attention and observe and learn that way. And also we're going to separate the dogs a little bit. So out of the 15 families that signed up already, um, they're going to be split into like maybe three groups. Yeah. You know, before everybody's a little bit more under control, instead of everybody just coming in there and, and being chaos. Yeah. Because again, you kind of adapt and you learn as you go. Sure. Like this is something new. It just it, it built on demand. I started with classes that were just a few people. I was dri- driving across the country, and then now we have weekends with hundreds of people yeah. coming. You know, so it's like I just four, six, and in New York City, even like eight classes back to back. You know, two classes per day. And that's a lot. And that's with anywhere from 10 to 20 families per um, class with dogs and then spectators. But now again, we're slowing down on that. So I have more time. I go, I can prepare for this Saturday. We have the class and it's easy to fly my trainers in. I also have been training other people, you know, since this year, I started this year. So every few months we have um, a, a whole other new set of trainers that fly in and people flying in from all over the world to learn and spend five days with me. I had another trainer that was in my last one all the way from France and he's a dog trainer with a half a million followers on YouTube, you know, and he came to learn my, my ways. Uh, there's many trainers who have very successful facilities yeah. that have taken the courses um, and, you know, and they are joining the team basically to help take the, the clients, we get thousands of emails every single week from people from all over the world that want to sign up. And that's why I did so many classes back to back. And because of the reason why I put so many people together, which is the maximum that is very overwhelming for everybody involved, yeah. even myself, sure. you know, but I, again, I had to do it first to realize, okay, we're trying to evolve and get better, basically. Like I yeah. started my classes with, again, I, I put this limit in my head. I, I, I could do 20 dogs, you know, 20 families with dogs. Uh, and then eventually got to that level. And some families had, a lot of people had two dogs and it would be like 30 dogs plus <laughs> in a single class and working for five so hours. Much. And it was just a lot. And I, I split the class into two groups now of 10 and 10. Yeah. It's a lot better, but still a lot. Um, so, you know, we, we, we are current. Uh, constantly trying to find ways to accommodate yeah. the business, the demand, um, and not sacrificing the dogs. Yes, you know, in, um, in the middle of it. Yeah, it's it's funny. You're like answering my questions before I ask them. So so that was going to kind of segue into the next thing, which is like, you know, like I love this like noble cause of like you have so much demand for obviously your services, right? You have a lot of people that know you could help them, right, with their situation. But like, man, as you're exploding just faster and faster and faster, like it's, you know, I would say already it's it's impossible for you to help everybody. You know what I mean? By yourself, like you just, Augusta, right? Like you you can't help every single dog in the world, right? Um, you know, so, so, you know, at what, like, so you have plans to start then, like realistically, the next thing would be like helping to either scale or then partner off with other trainers that you could refer business to. Like, are there people that you trust around the country as trainers that you refer clients out to, like post your seminars and things like that? 
Well, so because I you know uh, there's obviously a lot of people that message me like I'm a dog trainer here, let sure. me be a part of you know your team. I I I did the course for that reason. I spent yeah. five days with them, and this does not make them a dog trainer. So what the sure. course does for five days is obviously everybody that is already a dog trainer and they just come and they learn a few new techniques from me, and you know they kind of get on board with how I do things. Um, then they would quickly be dog daddy certified trainers. This is just to basically my audience to know that these people have worked with me hands-on. We're on the same page and I can be comfortable um, referring them to my clients. So next year, there's going to be a, a lot of trainers that will be on board on my website that people will be able to directly sign up to them through my website and, and sign up you know, for, for one-on-one classes with them around the world. So I'm training them for that reason. The, the, the people that are switching careers, they're looking to become dog trainers. They do the five-day trainers course, and then they get to come to my seminars for free to continue to practice. And they won't become a dog trainer for me, and they understand that unless they get approved, meaning someone that I feel comfortable that they you know, are giving good advice to the owners. They know how to handle these dogs. They're not going to be you know, bullshitting with the training, basically. Uh, but I get about, I would say, half and half people that have no idea how to train dogs and they're like doctors that come to the classes. They <laughs> want to become dog trainers and yeah, yeah. literally like all kinds of different classes of people. But there's also the other half that are professional dog trainers with a successful training career right now. Uh, I mean, the last one before this one um, that I had a couple, for example, that, you know, they are the one that hosted my seminar in Minnesota. Uh, I'm sure you have seen because it's on the hot dogs Instagram, you know, he's like sending people to, to give them negative reviews. But Basically, they have a, a hundred dog successful, you know, uh, a one hundred dog training facility yeah. that they board and train, and they have flown. They actually went on a, on a trip with me to Brazil. We have never known each other before that. They came to my five day course. We have traveled together now. They have been to many of my seminars. I held my seminar in that venue, um, and they are again someone that didn't need. They didn't need to do my course to to become a dog trainer. Sure. They are really successful on their own. A lot of people they definitely. Uh, intrigued and they want to be a part of what I do and they want to learn that I do have a lot of things that I teach people that you don't get in a regular trainer's course. You know, I, I have the privilege of being able to grow up to grow up learning from dogs. And I literally spent the first 18 years of my life learning from dogs. And so I'm not basically what do you call it? Um limited to just that. Like I have learned like anyone else would learn watching videos, reading books, like you know, working with other trainers, working hands-on, doing research, like just literally seeing all the different methods and different techniques and then implementing whatever I found would be worth it and, and kind of eliminating everything else. But what I really do that a lot of people don't do is have a very good understanding of the dog. Like I tell my clients think about their dog that they are shocked. They're like, how do you even know that? Yeah. You know, the dog could be just afraid and I know that dog is reactive or that dog, that whatever that behavior that that translates into when the dog leaves the room that we're working in. And so I, I, I'm able to base on like, okay, this is what is the best approach for your dog. So I'll, for example, I will tell, a lot of times I'll take the leash off my client's hand with just crazy, huge, lunging dogs, very aggressive. And then there's one that's quiet, sitting in the room, doing nothing, wagging still, letting everybody pet them. Yeah. And I will say, let's put a mouse on this dog because this one is going to put up a fight. Yeah. And everybody's like, really? Even the owner's like, yeah. yeah. I'm like, your dog is only quiet because he hasn't been pushed. All the issues that you're having with your dog is because they're enabled. But your dog is actually pretty confident about what he's going to do. Yeah. He feels like he cannot be stopped. You know, so he allows me to know that beforehand. So sometimes, like, there's a video in particular. I don't know if you have seen it. I reposted it recently. I have a dog. It was in Miami. I had an orange tracksuit on. 
and the dog has a muzzle. It's like he's like hogging my leg and everything. It's a black dog. Yeah. That dog, for example, he had bitten people severely three times, but you never have thought of that in the class. For anyone that was uneducated, yeah. I didn't explain everything properly, they would think that I triggered the aggression. I poked the dog until they became aggressive. But in reality, the problem's already there. It's just dormant until you push the dog. Yes. Now, most people are like, why are you pushing the dog? Well, because whenever he decides to be aggressive, he, he's serious. He will go for the kill. He had attacked three people and caused severe damage yeah. without any fear. He's just ready to deliver that bite. And the owners have no control over the dog. Like, they couldn't just tell them, come here, sit, leave it. The dog has no respect for them. So when I try to reinforce that the dog has to follow direction and do those things, because, again, I know without that, the dog would not get the help that they need. Yeah. Like, the dog was fine with me until I made it do something that they didn't want to do. Yeah. But I find it extremely important because if the dog does not think that they have to do what we're telling them to do, they're just enabled and empowered to just do whatever they think is appropriate. So when a dog is having aggression issues, it becomes a big problem. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And it's funny, you mentioned the the dog that like nobody would have suspected, you know, was going to display like aggression issues, but but yeah. you obviously were able to see it and notice that, which is so common. I mean, like people just, they don't understand their own dog. That's why they're hiring people. You know what I mean? And as you work with more and more dogs like that, right, or we work with more and more dogs like that, you start noticing all the similarities between them, right? And the longer you do it, the more you can look at like, wow, like what you're displaying right here is so similar to, you know, these 10 dogs that I worked with, you know, last year and et cetera et cetera, et cetera. And you could kind of predict how they're going to act and what you're going to need to do to help them. Right. So I'm, I'm uh, totally with you on yeah. that. I think, you know, I think that the biggest problem is, uh, again, the, the trainers that are very educated, yes. they only educated on like what they got themselves educated on. Like they don't, they're limited to that. If it makes sense. Like yeah. they, I, again, I'm looking at everything that I know from my own experience combined with everything that I have read and everything that everybody else has to say. And so when they say that, for example, like, you know, aggression is going to trigger more aggression yeah. and they're going to basically try to mask that problem. So if you work with a dog like that, for example, there is absolutely no way for you to make that dog stop being aggressive when they're that enabled and so confident that they can just step all over you and, and do whatever they want because the dog is already friendly towards me until I push them, like I said. And for as long as they don't have a good leave it because I'm telling you to leave it, yeah. they are out of control and they are a liability. And so a lot of those trainers, they would say, again, they would only see the fact that the dog only showed aggression because I pushed them. Yeah. And they wouldn't be able to explain why it is necessary to push the dog. Instead, they would think that you don't have to push them. You can just not put them in those positions. Yeah. And that's very unrealistic. You know, so for owners that have to ever be in contact with anyone, it's just a matter of time before this dog will lash out. Now, that's a matter of, you know how dogs learn by association and by conditioning them? Yes. So if, when I work with a dog like this, the owners, are, they leave the training understanding that there may be more aggression before the dog gets better because they understand what triggers the aggression. Yeah, it's not that I'm just randomly triggering, triggering aggression on the dog. They know that when the dog gets pushed, because I asked them examples, what, what happens when they go to the vet? They're like, oh, no, cannot go to the vet. <laughs> you know, So the dog may seem fine to the general public, but when I ask them specific questions, they like, no, no one can come over and he will just pick and choose whoever he likes, whenever he doesn't like someone, he goes for the kill. He will yeah. just latch onto them. So I'm like, okay, we need to work on this dog, understanding that leave it means leave it. And then in the meantime, the dog is not trained. So yeah. the owners, again, they go home with homework, with keeping the mouse on the dog, understanding the body language that indicates the dog is getting triggered and you have to redirect them. In the meantime, you're working on conditioning the dog to be very reliable with their commands. So this is one of the, that's basically, I would say I break my training into like a few steps, right? Yeah. So one, 
understanding the dog's body language, understanding how to when to intervene by giving them directions. And then choose, step two would be to be able to communicate with the dog. So you have to be able to tell your dog, leave it, come, sit down. Like just get the dog to respond to your commands willingly sure. and being comfortable to do so. And we do that by conditioning the dog to become comfortable doing that. And some dogs are not gonna be comfortable right away. Whether they're too afraid or they put up a fight, like some of the dogs that you see, whether they like literally poop themselves because they're so afraid or yeah. they get really aggressive and tense. They go through that phase first that is always solved in the first few minutes of me working with them. And they start to follow directions. When they follow directions, then we go to the third step, which is basically by repetition. So every time this dog has someone come over and they're no longer allowed to be in charge of being at the door and being aggressive, and the one is telling them leave it, but then also creating a positive environment for the dog. Yeah. So the dog is realizing they cannot be aggressive, but they also don't have a need to be aggressive. Yes. They can just hang out with someone in the house or whatever triggers them. They work around that trigger by creating a positive, positive environment for the dog. Then by repetition, the dog becomes conditioned to having that association with people or dogs or whatever, that they don't have to be triggered. They don't have to have a reaction to them because the owner showed them, you know, the, the dog has to respect them. And when they respect them, they're kept safe. They have nothing bad is going to come from it. And it basically building positive association, just like you would use positive reinforcement. Sure. But the difference is we're working with dogs that positive reinforcement only would not work. Yeah. Like the dog would, you know, as soon as they're triggered, they would go back to being aggressive. And what I explained to my clients through, which I think any trainer could understand this and, and agree that every time a dog is practicing the bad behaviors, they are regressing, they are, they are going backwards, they're practicing that, they are learning to behave like that. Yeah. So basically, if you're in, if, let's say you're, you're doing your best, right, to use only positive reinforcement, you're avoiding certain triggers. Yeah. But every time you're out in public and a dog just walks at a dog and runs by, yeah. uh, like someone, someone jogging, for example, and your dog is lashing out going crazy, they are practicing to do that the next time they see a dog. Yeah. So basically, if you cannot 100% prevent that using positive reinforcement, that means you're walking backwards every time you cannot reinforce it. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm totally with you on that. Obviously, I, I refer to it as like those types of behaviors are self-reinforcing, right? So like him doing that thing, that dog freaking out every time he sees another dog strengthens the behavior for next time, strengthens the behavior for next time, right. which is why. So I, I, I always tell my clients, if you can get a dog to stop with only treats, yeah. then, then there's nothing wrong with doing that. I just want them to be equipped and they agree with me 100% yes. that they would not be able to do it with only treats. That's on them to decide, but that's what I get the feedback that they 100% agree. Now, it's on them to decide whether they want to just enable the dog because now they understand if i if every time that i just offer my dog a treat or i call them over and they just completely ignore me and i can't reinforce it they are practicing the bad behavior so yes i want to be able to reinforce it first and then give the dog a choice to make the right decision but at the moment that they don't make the right decision i will reinforce the right decision for them for them because dogs can't always make you know the best decisions for themselves yeah, I'm I'm with you on that for sure. So I want to get back to the um the conversation we were having about um you know essentially um this idea that like you yourself can't help everybody, so you ultimately need to scale and build you know some sort of connections or team or something to be able to provide the best services possible for your clients. Obviously, right? Uh, at least on as, as big of a scale as you want to be able to do it. Obviously. Now you were saying obviously I know you started doing your trainers course. I think that's new as of this year. Um, you've had a couple of rounds of it, I believe. You're working with trainers. You're helping teach them your ways. What is your opinions as far as, like, I, I totally understand this, this, you know, you can't just, like, 
find Joe Schmo dog trainer and be like, yeah, go to this guy without knowing anything about them, without knowing anything about their skill set, et cetera, which is why you bring them in for your trainer's course to help, you know, teach them your ways because you know your ways work. What is your opinion on, um, like, are you also building connections with trainers that might train differently than you, but are still able to get the results? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's one of those things. If there's something that I completely disagree with, like I just found like my clients are gonna go, and from the experience, from what I have, and the expectations that my my followers have yes. that I wouldn't agree with, I would tell them like you can't be given that type of information because it's it's uh, reflecting as in a negative way, you know, because clients would go there and be like, I don't like that information because it's completely different than what I'm sure. teaching. That but if they're teaching something different that is affected, that it cannot be harmful, then they're completely allowed to use different ways, you know. Yeah. Um, Again, I explain sometimes why I don't use certain approaches that could work for some dogs sure. because I'm, I work in such a rush because of the demand. And that's something that is kind of a problem for me because there's like so many people emailing me specifically for just crazy out of control dogs yeah. that I need to go for straight to the most effective method that I can use. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a chance to really try certain methods first and see if it works or not. So sure. give an example like, I have, you know, the, one of the trainers that works with me, she likes to use a halty a lot. Yeah. Like she could kind of create her own with the leash and she finds it very effective for some dogs. But I find that a lot of dogs take a very long time to get comfortable with it before sure. it actually becomes a halty. Yeah. So when I work with a client for the first time, I'm not going to even take the time to do that because the time that the dog is struggling with that, like I would already be much further ahead with a different tool, a different approach. So I wouldn't use that. But if she has one-on-one -on -one time with a client, which again is going to be a lot more affordable, a lot more time with the client, then you know she should be using that. There's not nothing yeah. wrong with that. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and 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 that's the biggest thing is you know like I. It, it, it's also tough because like we get a lot of dogs that come in that have been to just like you, like two, three, four other trainers before. And in a lot of cases, we're not just talking force-free trainers. We're talking other balanced trainers, people that use similar methods or similar tools or any of those types of things and have still not been able to find the success they're looking for. So it, it always is so hard because like you can't just look at somebody and be like, well, your ideology says that you are similar to me. So I could just refer somebody to you because a lot of the success of the training, I think has to do with how well you're educating the owner and like you have a way of connecting with your clientele that's why you have such a diehard fan base right and diehard clients and stuff like that right so the way, sorry to interrupt because it, like, no, it's, it's a good point that there's a uh, i find that training is very complex and my way is not really a one set way even though it may look like that to some people yeah. the the reason that i'm so successful with my classes and people that have gotten to understand what i do is because I'm actually, I give them the entire complexity of what training really is. Yeah. Understanding the dog, understanding how to communicate with them, understanding how to deal with specific scenarios, specific situations, and how to implement different methods. I'm not against any method that is, would not hurt the dog, that would actually be effective. Sure. So if someone would be able to show me a way, again, with just positive reinforcement, I would be open to it. And if I felt, find it like, well, again, whatever reason that I would have, I would want someone to argue why that reason is not good enough of a reason. Yeah. And then I feel like it actually gets to a point where it ends at a, a matter of different opinions. Yeah. That's we, everybody have the right to their opinion. Someone could say, I'd rather my dog be euthanized than to go for a few minutes of stress. Sure. That is their opinion. Yeah. And I would say, then you have the right to your opinion. Yeah. But if they were to say no, because there's a better way to still get the results, then I want to see that. Yes. That's the difference. Yeah. I'm, I'm totally with you on that. Totally with you on that. Um, so, so talking trainers and stuff, I saw, uh, somewhat recently you were with, um, you were with our boy Garrett at American standard canine. How did that, uh, how did that link up happen? 
Uh, he, uh, let's see. Well, I actually was going to be in Florida. Then he had, uh, he had to reach out on like, you know, massive, um, I think on comments, uh, like a, a while back. Sure. So I was going to be near him in Florida and I actually sent him, a, it was my idea to say, let's do a collab. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to do, um, a podcast and he said, it was like, it was something that he was just starting new, you know, he was, I think I was going to be like the first, uh, person on the podcast. So I decided to just do some collabs instead. Um, we definitely, I feel like. You know the trainers that I have talked to, like we are very much on the same page. Like they understand like what I do because we talk and and any questions that they had, any concerns that they had, it can easily be addressed by having a conversation. Yeah. Um. It, it really comes down to you know again I have been training dogs professionally my like I have been training dogs my entire life. I've been training professionally for the last eleven years yeah. in the U.S. Like I have enough proof of evidence that I have worked with clients for the last eleven years. Yeah. You know more sometimes more often than others, but I have even. Before now, I was traveling around already and doing I was doing a three-day training course in the client's house for an entire year. And almost every other weekend I was in a different in the owner's house for three days when I first started, you know. And so that was another program that I offered. I have done board and training, I have done group, group private lessons, one of uh, you know, group private and the three-day course. And the three-day course became the most successful one because people would have the three days to learn everything that they needed in their own environment. Yeah. Um but anyways, yeah, the, I, I did it, you know, just basically because I was there. Um, and just like anything else, like maybe that's something that we agree, that some things we don't agree with, but sure. nothing major. I think we're pretty much on the same page with like, we, we, we wanted to be completely honest, we never we never really discussed much of like different training methods yeah. um, in person, you know, but it was just that I went to his house, I met his dogs, we went out to eat something, we went out shopping, yeah. and we did, you know, <laughs> a few collab videos, yeah. um, and that was it. Yeah, I thought that was cool. So we had uh, we had Garrett on the podcast like right around the same time that you did your first episode with us as well, and I mm-hmm. was... I didn't know hardly anything about him going into uh, the podcast episode. Aside from he was wildly popular as well, um, and that was one of the one of the best conversations we had was with him. I mean, he he's he's so down to earth. He you know he does what he does. He does it very well. And yeah, I mean, obviously between the two of you guys, you could see very very apparent differences. Obviously, as far as how you train, what you do, your approaches, stuff like that. But I think the cool thing is, and this is where like. You know, I think, you know, the force-free side and even some of the balance training side, uh, uh, they just miss the point on is like when you're confident in your own methods, right? When you're confident that your approach works, regardless of what it is, like I'm very confident that my approach works with my clients. Garrett's very confident that his approach works with his clients. You're very confident that yours works with your clients. You don't feel the need to bicker and argue so much about like whose is better. You know what I mean? Um, exactly. I mean, that's, uh, you know, for a lot of these trainers, like I'll be completely, I, I actually, as an, as an idea that I had, is actually doing a collaboration, like as far as a seminar together yeah. with some of these trainers, you know? And so I, it's exactly that. Like, I'm, I'm very confident in my ways. And, um, and, and, and honestly, too, I don't think it's really that different. It's just because sure. the video style, the sure. video yes. style is different. But when it comes down to really training, it's yeah. really not that different. Like that, I may have a couple of different techniques that I use. They sure. have a couple of different techniques that they use or different tools. But the concept is the same. The, idea the philosophy. Is the same. And yes. I think, honestly, with all balanced trainers alike, it's the same. <laughs> it's just that sometimes you show different things. Yes. Not all. I know, I know some trainers that are more like, for example, I think the biggest thing that people would not agree with is, which 
Again, people get the misconception that I do that, which is the dog just have to comply at all costs yeah. and they have to obey us. And you stop them by being physical and correcting them and that's it. And the dog will not respect you and you have the dog under control. I think anyone that would do that, we would agree that that's not correct. But I never, I have never done that on a, on or off camera, but I just don't, I don't have the, the full picture painted into my videos, right? So again, every single one of those videos, they got all the follow-up in person. My, my videos are more designed to attract people, to go to my website, to come see me in person because I am a better teacher in person than online. Yeah, now sure. I have to get better and for my own benefit to create better videos that would educate people more because I don't have any reason to be insecure or doubtful of my training in person. Yeah. You know, because of the feedback that I that I get throughout the years. I mean, it's literally the, the tips that I get, like money tips that I get from my clients, they already pay me triple than what they pay just all the trainers. Yeah. And the people crying in my classes, the amazing feedback that I get. And like, it's very genuine. I don't, I have never asked people to leave me a positive review. Never yeah. asked them once, not even a single time. And I get like the most heartfelt messages back from them because they are inclined to do that. And so I think that speaks volume. And I can say this, this it's going to be a public video, right? I have never asked someone to leave me a, a positive review. Yeah, you know, and I just give them my all, and they go home, and that's it. And I, and I get a lot of like very. I think the testimonials that I get, which you can see through. Well, other than of course in a video testimony, like if someone is there, I said you want to give us a testimony. You know, I obviously someone is there with me, they ask that. But sure. besides that, I don't ask them to go online and leave a comment or, or send me a message. None of that I have never in their entire time I have trained. So the fact that they give me that type of feedback. And, and, you know, they also, they feel, they, they feel at home about their dog before they come. So we know, like, I don't usually look at it. I have people that look at it for me and sometimes they'll give it to me over the phone as I'm going to the class. Just so that I understand a little bit, but I find it like a waste of time because a lot of times the owners don't really understand their dog too well, you know? So I don't really know what I'm getting. I, I'd rather just go there, see the dog, and like, okay, this is what this dog needs. I do a quick evaluation, and then I know the best approach for their dog. And yeah. it always makes sense for the owners. They're like, wow, you got my dog. Like, that's exactly what my dog is. Yeah. And so, but again, you know, in person is different, and I do feel like for my own benefit that I have to get better um, because I know for a fact that if I was to put everything that I do in the long classes into a video. Um, Definitely, at least some of the controversy will go away because yeah. people get to understand more context to what I do. I uh, I totally agree, and like I said, like I'm, it's it's hard to try to like it's hard to have opinions about like what somebody that's gained so much success is doing that should be changed. You know what I mean? Like you were saying, like from a training standpoint, like, yeah, everybody's, you know, if you're in the balance side of things, like everything that you like to shit on or say is bad, right. You've likely done in a very similar fashion many times before yourself. Right. But it's the way that people market and brand themselves, which is really why people think everything is so different, like so wildly different when it actually is isn't, you know? Uh, but yeah, like, you know, I, like I said, like when you first started coming on the scene, like I started seeing some of your videos pop up here and there. And yeah, it was a little bit of the like, wow, that's really dramatic and like sensationalized. And like, who is this guy? What's going on? You know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of people, yeah, it, it's, it's, it takes them back a little bit initially, especially if you're in the training community. But I remember the first time I watched one of your YouTube videos. And I think the video specifically was a client that had like, four or five German shepherds that were out of control in the house. And you spent like 
a couple days with them. I think it was probably your three day program. And they were, I remember they were all in this room in their crates and they were going fucking bananas and stuff like that. And the video you showcased the whole thing. I think it was like a 20 minute long video where you detailed yeah. not just getting them under control, right? That first minute or so when you had to basically get all the dogs to chill in the crates, but the training process. And I was watching the training you were doing and I was like, there's nothing crazy about this. You know what I mean? It's it's you're you're just doing the things you need to do, right? And you're helping the owner with their problems. And I think unless people go into some of those long form uh, uh, videos, which we know with the attention span that most people have right now, they're not going to do that in most cases. Um, you know, it's it's really hard to get the full picture off of your current post that you make. You know. Right. Well, the problem too is that, like I said, I, it's not for a, a lack of trying. You yeah. know, if anyone is watching this and they have really good videographer, they understand dogs and they want to come and film. I have spent thousands of dollars. Yeah, and sure. I have a lot of footage yeah. on videographers, but I don't like how they came out. Yes. So they don't really, it, it, it's, it's, I feel like if I put out that stuff, it's still not the same as in person and people are still, now they may even reinforce what they think, which yeah. is not true. You know, so what, what I, unless it gives that, um, the feel that that I give in person yeah. with my classes, I don't want to put those out. But I have hours and hours and hours of footage from many have videographers that literally have traveled with me for like a month at a time, filming everything. But they are not dog people. They don't really understand what yes. to get. There's always like one thing or the other that I just don't, you know, that it's not perfect. So for me, I, I haven't put them out. The short videos, on the other hand, you know, I, I live in LA and I when I moved to LA, I, I made some connections. I like I was working with the high power, which is like you know the biggest TikTokers, and I was yeah. the dog trainer for them going there every week. So I got a lot of like I have been in contact with Jackie Star, and like so I I learned basically social media from that. Yeah. So I know how to be authentic, be myself, be yeah. unique, create exciting content. That's the to the extent that I do my things on you know online, yeah. and it works. Um, but I, again, also, I, you know, obviously it works more than just getting followers. I mean, the, I have people that come to my meet and greet, so they drive five hours. Yeah. Like, they'll feel with meeting with just to say hi. No no dog training, nothing. Uh, for my seminars, people fly in, and it's only getting big and bigger. Like, there's something very exciting coming is that my next one is starting in November. These are the biggest events I ever had. There's a lot of people signed up already. The, the dog families are already sold out, but we already have more spectators than ever before. Yeah. And we still have time for people to, you know, continue to, to sign up. Um, because we're getting a much bigger venue. is going to be something that's completely different than what I have done. Um, and that's when we're going to be able to film it a lot better as well, because it'll be all with a microphone and everybody will be able to hear what I'm doing. And it's going to not be just, oh, I'm going to go there and get some shorts of the dogs that I train to promote what I do. It's going to be really for long format videos. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I would love to get a videographer to just get... I'm working on it. It's, I have tried it's tough. It's hard. It's tough, right? Yeah. So I we have so it's funny, like this guy can relate quite a bit to it because Josh is not a dog trainer. Josh is a media guy, right? So he comes on the podcast and he does the show with me, you know, every week and he films it and edits it and all that kind of stuff. But Josh used to actually work in facility with me and he would follow me around and film videos and stuff like that. And that probably was the biggest learning curve initially, wasn't it? Is like figuring out like yeah. what is the important dog stuff yeah. that I need to be making video clips out of, right? hundred yeah, percent. Yeah. It's like knowing the <laughs> exactly what to get and and what not to at the same time you know yeah yeah it's tough yeah, for sure like i'm working with a dog that had like that i have to use a certain approach unless it's everything is explained it yes. won't make sense so for example a dog is just sitting quietly but i know when i start to work with them they're going to get aggressive if i don't explain really well why yeah. that is done 
It doesn't matter that I'm saying what I'm doing and explaining everything that I'm doing. This you're gonna say, but you made the dog aggressive. He was just standing that line and showing you, you know, how his leash. Why do you take the leash? And there's an explanation for all of that, but the owner have to be good about explaining also from what they tell me in person. You know, saying that on camera is different for the owners a lot of times. They're shy. Um, they, it, you know, there's all kinds of, of variables. Um, but anyways, I mean that that's definitely my main focus right now. I'm actually gonna post. I was gonna make a post today. I'm looking for a videographer. I want someone. I'm gonna start to you know start to try some new ones again. Um and really like I understand what people are looking for now. And I think I mean I have all these eyeballs on me. You know beyond just social media. Yeah. So the thing with um as far as like controversy and like all the you know the sure. bad press. That's easy for me to turn into something positive because once I once I deliver my side of the story and I deliver um, my you know how I do things in details, people will understand. And so whenever they watch a dog, get a dog, get a stuff, they're going to see what I'm putting out. And so I'm going to have more people coming and understand and getting even a, a you know stronger support team, basically of yeah. clients and followers. Yeah, no, I I really like uh, I really like your growth mindset with a lot of it, you know, and and you got you got really good self awareness of like changes to make and stuff to help continue to grow, right? Obviously, what you've been doing has been working, right? But there's there's all you know we're ever we're ever evolving, we're ever changing, you know, which is cool. And I really like your idea too of you mentioned you know the idea of collaborating on seminars, you know, um, that's why I brought up the uh, the American Standard Canine and Garrett, right? Is because when I saw those videos of you guys together, I was like, oh, that's really cool because like I said, I I like Garrett a lot. You know, I had a great conversation with you, right? Um, you guys are obviously helping people in your own ways and stuff. And the idea of showcasing more, right? And, and, and you know, just continuing to provide more and more value for people and building those connections and working alongside people and stuff like that, I think is an invaluable thing that not a lot of dog trainers are doing out there right now because it can get so easy to get hung up in like, you know, because you lose trust in everybody else, because you see all these dogs that have been to like seven, eight freaking other trainers before, it's like you feel like on your own, like God, like nobody else can help them, right? Um, so I, I really, I really love that idea. Uh, I really love that idea as well, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely something we're looking into for next year. You know, to have some collaboration with other trainers, and and it'll be good. It'll be beneficial for everybody. You know, um, it's we get a group of people together. They get to learn from more than one trainer and one perspective, and. They, they, it's a win-win. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Hell yeah. Um, Josh, you got anything else you want to throw into the, into the pig? <laughs> no, I, I guess my only thing is Zach George, if you made it this far, shame on you. Um, cause he's going to watch this. He, he, he stopped. <laughs> he's watched us. all of our videos and yeah. commented all of them so far. <laughs> yeah. So shame on you because my big thing, <clears throat> and we've talked about this a few times is, yeah, you know, your approach seems like harsh, but it's like you are helping people. Like that's your main goal is you help these people that have gone maybe five or six other places or it's just gotten to a point where it's like, yeah, the, the vet is going to put the dog down or we, we got to figure out what's going on. And I hate that Zach George has taken this like approach where he's kind of trying to shame these people away from trying to get help, you know? Yeah. And, and, and like we said, like for you, you know, you've dealt with it, you know how to kind of take that, that, that flack and that heat, but these people are just normal people that want, they're just really trying to get help for their animal, you know, and, and, and their lives. And I, I really hate that he's kind of 
taken this weird stance on on shaming these people. Like in his video, he he's like, "Oh, they really care about their dogs, but we're gonna make them like they." And but you're making them feel well, like they shouldn't go to you. Yeah, and see, really the sad thing also is how they not only manipulate the videos that I post because again, that's not, that's the whole context. Yeah. And yes, people would always that's always people that are gonna disagree. They don't want one dog to be corrected at all. But if the full context was given, people would have that the the right to make to form that one opinion instead of being manipulated to one opinion everything that he does is to manipulate people including saying that no one supports me no other dog trainer yeah. supports me because what happens is the, the majority of trainers actually support me if they have especially if they have been to my classes now the problem is if they speak out yeah. he's gonna send people to harass them so he basically is trying to hide all that like i just had the former you know lapd in my class and animal control uh animal for um you know rescue for like 10 years of one of the largest german shepherd rescues and uh, and a veterinarian, all in the same class, just by coincidence. And I once they were there, and I asked them to do, you know, a, a testimony of the, of the class. But they would go and start harassing them. They called all those places. How dare they support me? So it's not that they don't support me. Is that literally these people want to? They want to basically scare everybody away to basically make it seem like I'm standing on my own because I'm so bad that no one agrees with me. And the only people that come to me because they can hide this and I post those videos are the people that are uneducated, you know? And everybody else, it's like they are not competent. It doesn't matter what yeah. they are. It's like they're not relevant, they're not competent, all because they were there in person and they spoke their truth about what they saw. They got attacked by, you know, these people online to then basically be afraid now luckily some people started to not back down for that so like even though even the venues that i worked in like they they were there and they're like no i'm not going to you know keep up to the pressure and the guy literally was there side by side with me showing me that he had a hundred voicemails from from all you know <laughs> him and his followers yeah and, and and then the negative reviews and the guy is like with we, we touch and that's you know the same thing with the one in canada he's like open doors for me to come back whenever i want to come back even though those protests in front of the place you know the police there and all that the guys still on my side so people started to not just cave in to the pressure mm -hmm. because i'm transparent even with this i'll go there and tell them like this is what's going on yeah. and they don't like that he's doing that you know he he's basically trying to force everybody to agree with him and if you don't agree with him then they're going to pay the price yeah and so yeah. it makes it harder for people to publicly stand up and say i have been to dog daddy's class and i agree with what he's doing yeah you know? yeah we <laughs> i i'm i mean i you said you watched the the video but the the really funny thing that we got from that was because uh, in their video his wife was like we need you need to treat dogs like you would any insect or uh, other human like there should never be any negative like reinforcement or punishment and then literally like 10 minutes later they're like we're going to you know put all these negative comments on these on these venues and we'll only take them away if they will never have the dog daddy back it's like yeah yeah a wow. direct yeah. use of yeah, negative yeah, reinforcement <laughs> You know, and it's really easy to just sit behind a computer and just say whatever you want to say yeah. when you're not really going hands-on and helping these dogs. And really comes down to that. Pretty much everybody that is, you know, really putting any type of effort into being so loud about it, they only talk about what they do and what is possible and what is right, but they don't really show it. And so, again, it always leaves that different opinions, you know, that can be always going to be a crazy person sitting there 
shouting out whatever their beliefs are, but it's, there's a difference between how can they actually help your dog? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I really feel like anyone with an actual problem at home, they know that. Yeah. That's the problem. They know that. But the, the people that don't have that, or they, or, you know, of course, like people love to jump, jump into drama and, and controversy and be a part of it. And so that's people that are just bored at home as well with their competition and they just like to feed into that. Yeah. Um, and then the rest is the, the, the general population. And he likes to refer to them as like the general population is uneducated. And that's true to a certain extent, but that does not mean that those are the only people that come to my classes. And yeah. like I said, I literally have proof of very like well-known dog trainers that I have worked with and veterinarians and you know shelters that i volunteer at but the moment that they speak up that i volunteer there they get harassed by people that just to simply for uh, um having a different opinion they yeah. just mm -hmm. these people they only have a different opinion they don't really have evidence of everything that they say against me or even in favor of what they promote they just have a bunch of words and you know yeah. they put a bunch, a bunch of bad uh terms and words to basically justify you know why they're right and why i'm wrong yeah yeah, yeah i totally get that yeah what were you gonna say well yeah my yeah the only other the topic i have on that is i hate that he he comes in and has all these opinions on you because it's, i don't i've never seen him train any kind of dog that is even close to these aggressive dogs that you work with. So it's like, he doesn't even work with those kind of dogs. So like, how can you even say, like have an opinion on it when, you know, you've never had to deal with something that, you know, that aggressive. That's that whole community though, right? And the, like yeah. the vet behaviorists, for example, like they don't even touch the dogs they're working with. They like look at them one time and then prescribe 17 medications and, and yeah. send them off on their way. See, like that's the, really that problem too and and it's kind of like you know it's really crazy that people would not pay attention to the details because like this guy we have clocked him right he has posted about me online at first as early as three in the morning his time five in the morning his time like oh you know he literally is like live three hours talking about me for a day yeah and people comment to why why can't we see you training dogs can you do you know in-person training i'm too busy for that <laughs> too busy doing uh, all this yeah everybody can see for themselves you know like yeah. it's 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 public information yeah he will claim that he's too busy to do in-person training or to you know work with an aggressive dog that we sell out to all these other excuses why he can't do it but yeah. he literally dedicates every single day of his time to talking about me yeah you know so it's bizarre that people cannot like see through that and and we just want physical evidence like we don't want a bunch of words and like but it's always going back to the same thing but I'm only speaking from this and that, and that. Like, okay, that's great. But yes, I I believe my way is better. Yeah. Because it's the only way I have seen. Yeah. Like, as far as compared to you know science and again, just show us show us how it actually works. You know, in a practical way. Yeah. yeah. Not saying that it works. Yeah, I'm with you. All right. So the the last um, the last thing that I, I got to ask about um, is what. So, so I think another big critique a lot of people have had recently is some of the posts you've made that have been very just obscure and strange. So I'll give you, I'll give you two examples, right? So the Zach George poisoning your dog's post, um, obviously you posted about it, 
there wasn't, I mean, that's a pretty wild accusation to make about somebody, obviously. And then it just, we didn't hear anything else about it. And then the post yesterday you posted about accidentally dropping your puppy off of the balcony. And then I think that one you deleted uh, and isn't up anymore. Um, what What's up with those posts? Like it, it, those, some of those do feel a little bit like poking the bear, I would say. Yeah. Well, so yeah, some some of the posts that I have made, uh, again, it's kind of like, you know, it's social media and sometimes there is no set way on how to handle different things. You know, you can't just block them, delete them. Um, you, you Sometimes you have to embrace it. So uh, my team hate when I do it. Sometimes I'm just there and I just, you know, it's just like, it, it's just not even the, taking the heat from it. It's just like the nonsense and the lies and just like, you know, the manipulation that they post that sometimes I will like, so, you know, I have a video of me crying about something personal from like back in December and that video is just on my phone. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm going to create something because I just did a video introducing my new puppy. Yes. And I thought like literally, I honestly did, they surprised me sometimes. I didn't expect that people would actually be upset that I did that video. You know, like you're talking the introduction, like, one of you holding the puppy. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, there's one of me actually holding the puppy. Yes. People were actually calling me out and yeah. saying how they're going to unfollow me and how I'm horrible for, you know, even like faking it or something. And it's like, yeah. it's not a matter of faking that I dropped the puppy. It's just a transition. Like, it's yeah. literally, it could have been, you know, if I threw like a piece of rock, it wouldn't be me faking to throw the rock. It's just like I'll throw the rock and then the next clip is something else. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. It wasn't really my intention of even pretending to drop the puppy. It's just like, Obviously, I'm not going to drop the puppy, and I'm trying to get a transition, and it's just whatever idea I came up with, I'm holding the puppy there, it's going to fall, and then it's the next slip of me introducing the puppy. You know, it's just like, yeah. not I don't think anything more of it. And, and so when people are attacking and attacking and attacking, yeah. and I'm sitting there, I decided to post that video yesterday, and then, you know, I deleted it this morning, and I was going to make a video like, because I also feel bad that my followers see it, yeah. and they are confused, and my clients see it, and then they are confused, and yeah. and it's just like... I think, I think that's where you kind of, you, you're drawing the fine line, where it's, it's funny you brought up, like, uh, I think you said you worked with, like, Jeffree Star, right, who is, like, the the pro at the the sensationalism kind of vibe, you know what I mean? Um, and and you're you're in this unique position. I think you guys talked about it a little bit on Beckman's podcast when you were on it. Where like you've hit this like borderline like celebrity status, you know? Like you are a whole pat. You like it's like your dog training is one thing, and then like you're another thing. You know what I mean? Um, it's kind of like a, you know, like when people. I mean, honestly, I, I I'm even surprised myself. Like people see me at the airports, and they will like. Like literally beyond their knees. They're like, <laughs> I don't idolize anyone, but like you're the like the only person that I and they li- like this has happened so many times. It's not yeah. like one isolated case. Like they will almost miss their flights. Yeah. Like they they like someone's coming like, hey, we have to come. They're boarding the flight. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I have some of this on video. Some of them it's not on video, but people will literally be like shaking when they see me because they're so excited. And you know, I think it's again. I, I, I really appreciate that people uh, have that love for me. And again, it's one of those things that come, there's some people that want to see me dead. And then there's other just people that, you know, would give anything to just like spend a day with me. And it, and and they don't even know me. It's just through social media. And it's that impact that you can have on people on social media. And I think being authentic and myself, I, I literally post everything, you know, not everything, but I post a lot more, especially for a dog trainer. I definitely post a lot more. Just my personal things, like even what I'm eating, what is going on, giving little updates here and there, um, sharing my life, you know, 
uh, different aspects of it. I think people really just get to see you for who you are and they understand. And then they, they get to see all the troubles that I have like gone through as well, uh, the obstacles. And I think that makes people fall more like in love with what you do and with you, you, your persona at least because that's what they see online, you know. Um, but uh, I'm very genuine about like what I post. Uh, yes, there are those few posts that I have made that are not. But so something did happen to my dogs. Like these are things have been happening. So it's not like that wasn't necessarily a lie for that particular video. Um, but we don't have enough evidence of like who it is. Yeah. And so something did happen. So it's not that one wasn't really a lie with my dogs getting poisoned. And it's just like, again, the reason that I take it down is because like there's there's other ways to go about it and yeah i have to have more proof of like what really happened and who did it um but there has just been like, a lot of bizarre things like my car getting um vandalized and yeah. uh like in different ways both physically outside but also things being manipulated with my car when i had left it parked outside somewhere yeah um so you know different different few things like little things here and there um that we have now have like it's something that i have should learn to just like you know yeah i think i think the tough yeah. thing about that is like it's i i understand you're like you're making a joke out of it you're making fun out of it and stuff like that and obviously like you said like 50 percent of that is not a lie from the standpoint of like weird things are happening to you but it's like i feel like um am i spider-man by saying like isn't it like the with great power comes great responsibility i think with such a large following like without like substantiated evidence against somebody like that's that was the one thing that I saw that I was like, that was a pretty bold claim. I mean, that that could really hurt somebody. You know what I mean? Like, especially if there's not, like, evidence that, you know, he actually sent people to poison your dog, you know? <laughs> so at the time that I did it, it was when he was getting more aggressive with attacks. Like, he was, uh, yeah. he had started on TikTok, um, you know, making, like, post after post. It, started, it, was, sure. it was pretty much on TikTok first. Um, and just the lies and the manipulation and yeah. like saying things about me that are also not true and with that i haven't happened with my dogs just a few days before i yeah i get what you're saying it was, it was like an assumption and potential thing and you know it, it was just kind of weird on how things were sure. going online and he was specifically that he had never really done before he had left a comment on my instagram like months ago but then when right before that video that i made he was actually coming to my page and like you know antagonizing and so it was something going on that was like above beyond what he had done before and so yes it was a moment of like a mistake you know, like right. I wouldn't, that's why like we're handling it legally right now and trying to figure things out uh, of what really happened. Yeah. But, you I know, understand. I would admit, and also, you know, like you said, definitely the level of responsibility that I have to have because I do have a lot of people that are very invested into what I do. Hmm. Like they really believe me and trust me. And I think, I feel like sometimes I'll post to think that even as a joke and the next day I'm gonna come out and explain that it was a joke. I can see where they can discredit me and there's no sure. need for me to do that because yeah. I don't need to do that in order to, um, you know, have supporters and have people on my back and me. It's, it's actually the opposite. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it's been like a moment of learning as well, because, you know, like you said, getting a lot of followers really fast. Um, and there's not, not a course that you can take on how to be an influencer, how to deal yeah. with all these people getting an opinion on you. And giving advice. I mean, I get people messaging me every single day with an opinion, but also an advice that sometimes it's great, sometimes it's not. They're basing it off on that personal 
you know, lifestyle and it's completely different than mine. And when and when you're really walking in my shoes, it's like a whole different, you know, um, thing to deal with. And so I have to learn how to um, be smart about it and, and how to handle everything that is thrown at me. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that completely. Um, listen, man, I, I, I think this is a good conversation. I think this is going to be really good for, for a lot of people to hear just as far as, you know, understanding that, you know, this isn't anybody saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm saying sorry for my training and my training is bad or anything like that. Um, but people understanding that like, you know, you're understanding how, how, how important perception is with some things, you know? Um, and, uh, I love some of your ideas you talked about as far as looking to see like what the next, uh, the next level of the dog daddy is like how you're going to kind of continue to, to shift your brand in a direction that's going to like represent your training, you know, better. You know what I mean? Cause like you, you've made a phenomenal name for yourself, but I'd like to see you a little more respected amongst the, the broad, uh, dog community, like vocally, you know what I mean? Not just like, you know, they come to the seminars on the side and, and, you know, don't talk about you a whole lot and stuff like that. Like, I do think you're doing so much good for the dog community and I would love to see that respected more, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so there's many things that I am working towards as well, because I feel like I have to basically prove myself. Like there's a lot of controversy that is very old stuff too. Yeah. So I can talk about that if you have time, because sure. I think everything started from like, controversies from years ago, yes. right? That I did not have a license to have my dog, something very minimal, like having three extra dogs, nothing major happening, but that made the news because I was making the news. Yeah. So now it became like, yeah, I'm an illegal camp. To then, you know, it moved on to many different things. So I can point out just a few scenarios of uh, me dumping $25 in the desert, got millions of views on TikTok yeah. of some girls literally just saying that I put $25 in a U-Haul truck, yeah. dumped them in the desert, and they were never found again. Me sawing a horse and then giving it to my dogs. Yes. So all those things that I, those things that I have to kind of like be able to explain and like prove to be wrong because those are accusations that even when I am respected, they always gonna be like, but he did this and that and that. But what about that other thing? And then people still gonna find a reason until I have enough enough proof and enough um one of the things that I'm working on is finding ways to be respected, right? And so being respected, I think it comes in different ways, being authentic and being like not making this types of post that we just talked about that obviously will help. Um, making full context videos where people get to really understand what I do. And then in addition to that, being the most successful that I can be because people want to be successful. So if I can try through all the obstacles and all the, you know, um, the just controversies and all that, then people will want to pick sides with me because there's I, I'm covering basically all the, the the different corners. You know, it's like, well, I understand his method, so we got that covered. I understand that those things that he's been accused of, he didn't really happen. He didn't do those things uh, because they didn't happen. So I just have to be able to prove that to people and have more people understand what's going on. And then in addition to that, he is like extremely successful because I'm working on things that a lot of I don't actually completely honest. I don't think any other dog trainer have ever done. So there's things that I'm working on that's uh, including lifestyle and just things that I'm able to do because even that alone is controversy. Like people always tell me like, because I dress a certain way or I drive a certain car or I live a certain way, I am not a real dog trainer. <laughs> yeah. That's, those are easy things to to counter. It's sure. just something that I am literally breaking the box and stepping outside of that that bubble that dog trainers have. Like, you, well, you don't have a training polish, so you're not a dog trainer. You don't have a uniform, you're not a dog trainer. You know, so again, once I cover everything else, just being authentic, living my best life. And I mean, next year is going to be huge with the things 
that I have the projects that I've been working and building up for next year. And so definitely I'm very excited for that. And it's again, something that I have never seen another dog trainer do. And it's going to take me to a level that anyone watching, not just dog trainers, dog owners, but all the people as well, they're going to be like, it's something that they're going to be able to look after. It's actually going to make people want to be dog trainers because it already does. I got a lot of people that they are inspired to become a dog trainer because of the lifestyle that I live. You know, it's not just the methods. Yes, a lot of people who want to help aggressive dogs that they get, they get inspired by that. But they also, I, I live a pretty good life. You know, sure. I'm very independent. I don't work for anyone else. Um, I'm able to afford things that uh, most people can't afford. And all by become, just being a dog trainer. Like, you know, obviously social media, there's money from that in different things. But it, it, it all comes from I built a reputation around helping dogs. And I help dogs for free, Sean, because I'm able to do both. I'm able to give so much free time. I never have dropped, even when I was homeless, my training to shelter was always free. Instinctively, I always wanted to do that. I, no one can ever say I charged them to go to the shelters. And I have done many shelters. Uh, I have, you know, even taken on dogs, many dogs for free to help them. And I continue to do that, you know, as much as I can. But I'm also able to build enough of a clientele that I'm able to charge the prices that I charge and build uh, a successful business on that. And next year is only going to be better. And I want to use that as a way to, um, you know, inspire people in life, not just in the dog, to not, nothing to do with dogs, but in general, I came from nothing. Like I moved out when I was 19 because otherwise I wouldn't be able to be doing what I'm doing now. So I had to move out to do that. Uh, and I have, and again, those things that I haven't really talked about, but sure. some of the personal things that I had to endure to actually be here today, because otherwise I would just be like everybody else. Yeah. You know, basically living a regular life. Probably, I wouldn't. Even, I don't even know what I would be doing because I would be doing something that I don't love. I would be being forced to do something else, yeah. and I definitely wouldn't be here today. And I had to learn the hard way, both in a personal level, but also in a business level and social media level. Learn how to deal with everything because I was dealing with everything on my own until I was have proven myself enough that now I have a team. And then now we're taking it to the next level, which is to get people more on board, you know, with what I do. Um, but I think when I put all that out and I explain to people, again, if I could, if I can do that, starting from nothing and dealing with all of what I have dealt with to still do it and then be able to take it to the next level, which is, again, what's going to come next year, then people will definitely um, have a different picture of me that they have now. The yeah. people that don't understand it, you know, yet what I do. I, I like that. And it's funny, you mentioned a, a minute ago, like, uh, you know, talking about your past things, which I remember on the last episode, we went very briefly into some of that kind of stuff. Uh, and obviously, we're not going to get super into it today. But I think, you know, talking about like past, like haunting you a little bit sometimes, like the one thing everybody loves to lean back on is that like, truth about Augusto, Ultimate German Shepherds uh, Facebook page that's been around forever, obviously, with all those claims of he did this, he did that, he did this, he did that, right? Um, and I think you've made a short video, maybe kind of talking about it a little bit, but I think you going through at some point and like one by one, like disproving those points and those things made about you, I think a lot of people would have a ton of respect for uh, for that so that it's like they're hearing it from the horse's mouth it's not like you know it's this secret of things people are saying about you or anything like that it's like hey this is what actually happened you know yeah because honestly with all with all honesty like i out of everything i i'm actually really proud of the like the actual problems that i have had you know sure. like i have had like a couple of civil lawsuits 
after like work with thousands and thousands and thousands of people yeah. like like a couple of civil lawsuits i have never been arrested in my entire life i have no criminal record i have never been charged for anything i the, the most violations i have found is like a couple of dogs that the rabies was expired and made it to update the rabies you know that it's like literally to that and i have been inspected at midnight at six o'clock in the morning like my house has been raided by the police for them to inspect because all just people making accusations yeah. uh, and none of that have ever led to anything of like oh my god we found this and that and that but people are still get away with saying about the 25 dogs in the desert the course being sought out all the dogs skeletons found in my property yeah. um that i am a criminal that I, you know i am a, a like a what do you call it? like an animal abuser with all these like charges and you yeah. know um registered whatever which is not true like that's just all they have is their opinion and the lies that they put online and they, they run with it. That's literally not one case where I would have to sit here and be like, I'm afraid of that because I did that. Like, yeah. I, I haven't done anything like absurd and crazy and like, you know, like I said, sawing up a horse or dumping up dogs. Like those are literally just with no base at all, zero evidence of it happening. Yeah. And they have been seen by millions and millions of people over the years of just spreading that. You know, I'm just someone who cannot be trusted because I killed a bunch of dogs. I dumped 25 dogs in the desert. I sought up a horse and fed it to my dogs. A dog had ripped someone else's face off and they needed true reconstructed surgery. This is on a Google review. Um, you know, and among many, many things that none of those things have ever happened. There's like no evidence of that. All you have is a couple of lawsuits with like, I bought a dog. I wasn't really satisfied. And it's and again, even that I could explain. Like there's sure. one big one that is like the major one is someone bought a dog from me for five thousand dollars. This dog was imported from Germany, was an IPO3 dog. Uh it was hips and upper certified, had uh, or this dog, the ironic part is just as simple as this. The dog had been to the vets within a week before he went home. A full exam. Because I so the dog was actually not even like a dog that I I I I Let's put it this way. I facilitated the deal, right? From a private person that bought yeah, it. Yeah, I understand. Germany. Yeah. You're so the middleman, the like broker. But ironically, I thought this dog may have kennel cough. Yeah. So they took it to the vet to do an exam. And so because of that, they had they did blood work. The dog had a full coverage insurance, the best coverage insurance it could have for dogs, right? So nothing was wrong with him. And then he ended up going home a week later. Now this dog ended up having all these problems that the owner mentioned to me. And the whole thing is they put a lawyer by the way, the owner was a fan. She was like a super fan. She wanted the dog to hear my voice over the phone because the dog, because she was like excited that because I lived with this dog, I lived with the owner for a while. Yeah. So anyways, the, what happened was I was really busy. I wasn't really talking to her. So this turned into something that she ended up taking me to court, um, suing me. I never actually ended up going to court. I never even got served. So it was also one of the reasons why, you know, it was rude in her favor. But when the lawyer was actually reaching out to me about it after the case was already there and it was already pending, um, I told them this dog had full coverage insurance, health insurance. So if there's actually anything wrong with the dog, they can take advantage of that. They didn't want to accept that. They wanted to, they wanted me to pay back X amount of money. And again, I had all the evidence that this dog was completely healthy. He was just examined. He was a high quality dog. And the problem they said he had was some type of heart problem, you know? So it's a, it's a very long, complicated story. I understand. The, yeah. whole, the dog was, there was nothing wrong with him. And there was, they, and one thing that is ironic is when he went home, 
the very first day, one of the things that he had wrong with him is apparently she let him sit on a hard, um, like hard surface because his testicles were literally red. Yeah. And they did all the types of exams thinking there was something like more serious wrong and that was that he wouldn't run away. In the process of that, she told him that she befriended the vet. She was so friendly with the vet that he was watching the he or she, I don't even know, was watching the dog overnight for free. So that already was kind of bizarre. And this happened in California. It's a very cool, happy, you know, place. And I have no idea. Again, this is just from my point of view that there's a high chance that they just actually are the ones that were scamming us to try to get money. Because yeah. again, the biggest thing that I can prove is that was full health insurance on the dog. Yeah. So whatever that was wrong with this dog, they could just have taken advantage of the insurance. I could have transferred it. I offered to transfer it to them, but this was after they had already started a lawsuit and I had already been served. And ironically, I hadn't even been served. I had been already um, thought, you know, basically I lost the case because I was never served. Yeah. So I was served at my house that I had moved out of. The, it went through and I learned about it by seeing the posted online that was, you know, uh, what do you call it? Uh, not conviction, but you know, when you lose in court, so like you basically have a. I, I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm not sure. Verdict? Is that it? The verdict? There's another word for it. But, anyways, basically, yeah, that yeah. was, you know, that I lost a case. Sure. Basically, that's a thing for it that I can think of right now. But basically, that's what I saw posted online. And then I started reaching out to them, and, and they. I was going to appeal it. It was a whole process, very difficult. Not worth, I, I, I had already lost. So now any lawyer that I go to, oh, they know I got, you know, for fraud, I lost a case for fraud and there's a for like $13,000 and they know I'm going to want to pay a lot of money to get out of it. So it's like either I pay them the $13,000 or I pay the lawyer $13,000 just to clean my name. Yeah. You know, and it was like, you know what? I just thought about it. I was, I was going to make a video about it, sure. but ended up that it just, you know, it, it kind of goes away because it's one of those things that people kind of forget about it. So in a, in a sense, like I'm still here, I'm still thriving. So yeah. it's bad because it brings just, it, it allows you to run with it and use it against me. Yeah. But it, it also is like, it costs so much money and time sure. that at the time, especially I didn't have, yeah. like I wouldn't be able to just be fighting with them back and forth and, you know, and, and, that was it. And it's like, but those are the, to the extent of what I legally have had obligations with. Yeah, that makes sense. And honestly, like people forget too. like, if you fucking dug into every minute of, every, you know, somebody's life, like you're going to find stupid shit people have done, right? Mistakes, things, you know, that have been made and this and that and, and at all different levels. Like I've made big mistakes before. I've made little mistakes. I'm sure Zach George has made huge mistakes and little mistakes in his career. Things that if they were out in the public, people would look at and especially with the amount of followers you had, be like, oh my God, this guy's such a fucking horrible person and blah, blah, blah. Like people forget that sometimes, you know? Um, like, like we're all human and it doesn't excuse us to do bad things, obviously, but like mistakes are inevitable. And that's a part of the growth of an individual is making those mistakes, learning from them and growing and becoming better than after. So, yeah. Yeah. I was telling everybody, I'm not, I'm definitely not an angel and I'm not perfect, but it's to the extent that they take things, it's yeah. actually kind of bizarre because if anything, I'm actually less than most people, you know, yeah. I mean, I think most people have, have, would probably have had more problems for, for them to ever get this much of like hate and accusations towards them. And like, you know, just all the false accusations basically. Like I feel like that people that have done things a lot worse, they have been arrested and they don't actually get 
people highlighting that as much and i haven't i have never had any of those things happen and still i get like i feel like i feel like reading those things is one of the most like criminals you could imagine you know because i mean even to the point that he's coming to this country like we have to stop him it's like <laughs> and, and, and it, to me it feels like I, I just killed an entire family and i'm like running to another yeah. country and yeah, right. I, <laughs> because they go so extreme about it yeah you know, and the thing is, again, I have fans and supporters that, from all different classes. So what happens is it's kind of funny because they think that their opinion is all that matters. So they forget to remember or realize that I have people in real life. There are police officers. There are lawyers. There are doctors. There are the dog trainers. Literally, every, when you have this many people, you start to get a community of people from all different classes. Yep. So I have all those people there like uh, clients and supporters of what I do. And this includes, you know, anything like it, it could be someone at the border. I was going to the border in Canada and people that were fans, they wanted to get a picture with me. And so it's like they're, you know, sending letters just don't let him in. They were aware of it when I got there. But they're like, they understand that it comes from social media. They try to say that it's not a social media thing, you know, but it really is because it's just the opinion. Yeah. Like everybody has to have the opinion, like that's just different organizations and all, but they still are not the law. They're not the, you know, they say it and, they have, and that's, that's it. Like it's still just an opinion yeah. and they're educated in some things, but they're not as educated on the topic that they're discussing at, 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 you know, at hand as people think that they are. And so it really comes down to just their opinion. And if they forget that, it actually kind of, you know, backfires on them. Because when they push all these people to go against me, they don't realize that, like, in, re in real life, I have all these people, like, in my favor as well. Honestly, one thing that I will say right now, I'm very confident that if at any moment I needed people to show up for something, like, even the protest that he is doing, I can guarantee you, if there was a legitimate reason where I said something has got really serious and I need people to show up and not let them stop us from doing this, way, way more people would show up. I guarantee you that people would fly out to be there to support a cause because my cause is something that is like more genuine. Instead of with him, it's just opinion and people that are you know, feeding into that. It's like competition and people are willing to walk to a place. They're not willing to go as far. Like I said, you know, people drive hours and hours just to come say hi to me. If that was a moment where I really needed people because my cause is a genuine cause. It's not like me just, you know, trying to destroy someone and having a really good reason other than just their opinion. And they do a good job about presenting a case with false information. And that's why people even believe it because they do present it in a way that it sounds so much bigger than it really is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great, um, great place to start wrapping it up. That's that's fantastic. Listen, man, I really uh, really appreciate you coming on. Like I said, I think this is going to be a really really good podcast for people to listen to. Um, I I enjoyed the conversation. I yeah. like I said, I th I think you're helping people, man. I think uh, I think uh, you you seem to have a good mindset about you know some some steps to to make to keep moving yourself in the right direction in the public eye. And um, you know, I'm glad we were able to chat again. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, let me take a screenshot so I can have a photo to post about it. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> there you go beautiful awesome well listen man i'll uh i'll let you know when everything goes live um like i said i appreciate you coming on and we'll talk again soon sounds great thank you for having me on yeah take it easy take man. care uh,